This is Silicon Valley Gossip, hosted by Candor. Every episode, we'll dive deep into insider tech news and trends you won't find anywhere else. Let's get started. Hey guys, it's Neil with Candor, and today we're going to cover the Airbnb IPO. We're going to go soup to nuts on the S1, and I'll walk you through every single thing that you should know that's a pretty major factor impacting the stock price. Airbnb had a tough summer. You thought 2020 sucked for you? You have no idea what Airbnb's been through. Honestly, irregardless of how I feel about the stock, mad respect for that team. Mad respect. They've had a really, really tough year. Uh, they had to lay off 25% of the staff, uh, and they have uh, had massive amounts of cancellations and refunds, millions and millions of dollars because of COVID, lost. And on top of all of that, this is the year they wanted to file for IPO, their valuation tanked. They were valued at $31 billion in 2017, and earlier this year, they were valued at $18 billion. They had to raise on that valuation pre-IPO, too. No matter how you feel about this company, uh, as a founder, I feel an enormous amount of empathy on how incredibly, incredibly difficult uh, going for something like this is, especially when you've sunk in 13 years of your life uh, building a brand like Airbnb, which has become as ubiquitous, essentially, as Coca-Cola. And just because of that brand, people remain bullish on Airbnb. And I'm going to walk you very quickly through everything you should know about the numbers and the business before you make up your mind on what to do. The big elephant in the room is Airbnb did raise their price even before they're officially listed. And so a lot of people are wondering, why is this happening? Is this normal? Yes, it's normal. You can calm down. Uh, they just had a killer third quarter. And on the tail uh, wind of that, they're able to kind of bump up the price a little bit. So they're expected to list at 60 before they're expected to list at 45, just because of how Q3 went. And of course, I'm going to share those numbers with you in a minute. All right, so let's start breaking this down. The big thing you should know is that Airbnb is on the rebound and that it's also addressing an incredibly massive market. So if you look at the overall travel market, Airbnb only has 2.5% of it. So the upside is honestly massive, like massive. If they're already a billion-dollar company with only 2.5% penetration, the potential is just huge. And it's that potential that makes some investors and some employees very, very bearish. Now, if you actually look at what these numbers mean when I talk about potential, you have three different categories of Airbnb's business. One of them is short-term stays, and the total addressable market there is $1.8 trillion, like what a T. Then you have long-term stays, which is like seven, 10 you know, plus stays, hotels are usually known for. That's a much smaller market at $210 billion. And lastly, Airbnb entered experiences. Remember when you book an Airbnb stay and they kind of recommend maybe you want a lesson from a local chef or a photo tour, uh, and it doesn't seem like expensive or exorbitant, but the market for that, Airbnb estimates to be massive. Experiences is almost as big as short-term stays at $1.4 trillion. So that's what investors mean when they say limitless upside. Now, while the upside might be limitless, some people's patience is very limited, especially when it comes to turning a profit. And there's been a lot of bear talk around should companies who are not profitable uh, still get the same attention on the market. And Airbnb is definitely not profitable by any kind of stretch of the imagination, according to Airbnb themselves. In fact, they made that exceptionally clear in their S1. It is both bolded and italicized which I think means they really mean what they're saying. 
It says, we have incurred net losses in each year since inception, and we may not be able to achieve profitability. Well, it doesn't necessarily make me particularly confident. I don't know how you feel about it. Uh, But there is some silver lining, and that's Airbnb has recovered much faster than the rest of the uh, hotel industry has. So if you look at the Q3 earnings, which propelled this kind of increased stock price, it literally means that Airbnb is at 80% of what they were pre-COVID, if you look at year over year, which is nuts, 80%. Uh, I know a lot of us are going stir crazy in our homes and hotels are closed and we just maybe want to stay a block away from our house for a variety, but wow, 80%. Uh, versus if you look at Marriott or if you look at Hilton, they're still operating at 35, 40% capacity compared to pre-COVID. So there's really something to be said about where they are right now. But that's also uh, why some of the critics of Airbnb have really started digging into its costs. Like, why is it not profitable yet? What is going on? And one of the interesting things about it is that they do spend a lot of money on marketing, but not a lot of it is on paid acquisition because most of their growth and traffic is organic. Even though that's the case, they still have a bone to pick with Google uh, to, I mean, get in line. Everybody has a bone to pick with Google, but there seems to be pretty big, so big that they made a statement in the S1. They also did a couple of interviews like this one where they talked about Google intentionally messing up the search results to surface Google travel, Google vacation ad rentals above Airbnb search results. Um, I personally think that with the antitrust thing looming over Google and the Justice Department bringing down their neck, I don't think it's going to be as aggressive as what Airbnb is describing, but I do think that potentially it might cause Airbnb to have to spend more on ads uh, to be able to surface or potentially diversify channels, and that will cost and raise uh, operational costs for them quite a bit. Another risk that nobody is talking about is hip camp. Now, I I will be the very first person to admit, when I first heard about hip camp, I thought this was the stupidest business idea Literally, somebody had to explain it to me twice. Like, what do you mean you book a camping ground? Like, who the hell wants to do that? Like, apparently a lot of people want to do that. Like, camp is going like crazy. And the reason why this could be a really big problem with Airbnb is because uh, consumer attitudes towards travel are changing due to the pandemic. So people are preferring two things. The first change is people want to travel urban environments. So not urban environments where Airbnb is, but they want to basically go out into the wilderness and camp or go to non-urban markets. So hip camp is an amazing alternative. Uh, And the other thing is they want to have a place to themselves, whether that's a house to themselves or a camping ground to themselves, they want to stay alone. They don't want to stay in a shared apartment. So that's creating some issues for Airbnb because a lot of their listings are shared and most of their listings are inside cities. And hip camp is exactly the opposite. Now, I'm personally speculating whether there's an acquisition down the line or whether hip camp is already too big to be acquired, but they are certainly a foreign in Airbnb side and they're growing really, really fast uh, to where they could actually be a realistic threat. Another thing to look out for is city regulation. Now here, I'm not talking about like the wild raging parties uh, and things like that that happen in Airbnbs. I'm talking about fees that cities impose on uh, rental listings. And in some cases, cities restrict who can be an Airbnb or how many Airbnbs they could be in the city. And if you kind of contain the total number of Airbnbs in the city to uh, what the city decides, that's obviously a fairly big issue for Airbnb's growth.
Now, Airbnb is fairly distributed. They don't have all of their eggs in one city's basket, but they do have almost all of their business uh, tied up between 10 major cities. And so the regulation in any of these 10 major cities changing substantially is actually going to affect the baseline foundation Airbnb is sitting on right now. All right, and very last thing before I give you the bear and bull perspective, and my takeaway is operations at Airbnb are like crazy expensive. And this is one reason why I suspect the layoffs earlier this year were maybe a bit more drastic than they would have been normally if they weren't going for IPO. If you look at some of the numbers, and this is actually something I tend to look at really deeply when I invest my own money, uh, how much uh, companies are spending on uh, operations and what the margins look like. Uh, I tend to be really nitpicky about that because uh, I think it really tells you a lot about the kind of focus in leadership. Uh, in any case, the operations that Airbnb are through the roof or what I consider to be fairly expensive. So for instance, for ops and customer support alone, 20% uh, of the revenue out the window. That's a lot of money. For sales and marketing, even though they quote unquote, all of our traffic is organic, and I'm sure you've read that. Uh, yeah, it might all be organic, but 30% of your revenue is going to marketing right now. That's a lot of money. Now keep in mind, this is with them already complaining that Google is going in there and stealing some of their rankings. Uh, what happens if uh, they actually have to pay for, for more ads? Uh, what happens if Google gets more aggressive because the lawsuit doesn't or the complaint doesn't go Airbnb's way? Uh, I can see marketing costs here increase very, very easily, especially if an incumbent like HipCamp comes in and starts competing for non-Arbor spaces. Um, so there's a lot at play here. And I think uh, marketing and operations are, uh, are already together running very, very high uh, on the tab. Now you have on top of that product development, which is actually very normal for a fast growing company at Airbnb stage. So this is not at all an abnormal expense. It is 20% of overall revenues. And some people will tell you, well, this is the reason why I'm very uh, excited about the stock is because as Airbnb matures, they will kind of have a much more uh, set number of products and uh, this, ex this expense for product development will go down. So that's kind of one of the major things you need to be aware of. And of course, you have like GNA stuff, which is 11%. That's not too bad. But if you look at how much Airbnb is spending versus how much, I don't know, like Hilton is spending, let's just take a hotel and you look at the margins, Airbnb has, you know, just about 10%. Uh, margin and Hilton has 17. Uh, now, granted, a more mature company is going to have much more figured out costs and logistics, but it just kind of tells you that uh, it is already kind of on the edge and very openly stating they're not profitable. I would personally like to see what they're doing to become profitable uh, outside of what they're doing to just acquire more uh, market share. And they're still growing really rapidly, right? Their CAGR is something like 40%. Uh, if you look at it for last year. So it's not like they've stagnated like Hilton and they're just kind of, you know, growing single digits. They're not. Uh, but they are also still spending quite a bit of money. All right, let's look at the like bull versus bear perspective. I'm going to start with the bull perspective and that's all tied to brand. And that perspective is the Airbnb bride, uh, brand is ubiquitous. Everyone knows what Airbnb is. Younger travelers prefer to travel with Airbnb and Airbnb also offers a lot of other benefits that hotels don't. And so uh, a lot of bulls think that because of that, uh, Airbnb is going to grow specifically with the younger, like under 30 uh, traveler segment. 
Another thing in the bull's favor is sort of saying that because of this strong brand affinity, people are going to continuously use Airbnb over and over. And if you look at their cohort data and their S1, uh, you can see that there's definitely some income retention. There's like 35, 40% uh, first year revenue retention over you know the first couple of years. Uh, however, to me, I actually tend to like, uh, and, and the other argument is, of course, costs will go down over time, right, as it gets more established. But to me, I tend to like the bear perspective more, which is why I'm not crazy uh, intense into buying this. And the bear perspective is that when people travel, they shop for value. So when I personally go and book a flight, uh, I'm finding like a, the cheapest flight at a reasonable airline. I'm not going to book just with United because I love United or uh, just with Delta because I love Delta. Uh, even if I have uh, some mileage points, it's easy to get multiple loyalty programs and, and kind of milk it. Uh, so I personally feel that people travel for value and not for brand affinity. And this is one of the reasons why I'm very, very bearish. The other thing that uh, I really bearish about is that I think that even though uh, Airbnb will continue to gain market share, I'm not necessarily convinced that they're going to get their expenses in check. And this is a really big one for me, especially after seeing them have so many layoffs uh, this year and still seeing them at such a high operating expense uh, cost uh, is a little bit not my cup of tea. Now, what does that really mean? Well, you have to figure that out for yourself. I'm not here to give you investment advice. Uh, I'm just here to give you the pros and the cons and hopefully something you would consider in either direction, whether you're trying to work there or trying to potentially purchase the stock. It's just something interesting to think about. Uh, and if you're being compensated in equity or if you're thinking about what the culture of the company is going to look like. Now, personally for me, when I look at companies to join or companies to invest in, I look at companies who can deliver a very healthy multiples like 30x or 50x. I think Airbnb will continue to grow very sustainably and really strongly, but not at the pace of companies like Shopify. And that's why I'm very bearish on it. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating. It really helps. We hope to catch you next time on another episode of Silicon Valley Gossip.